Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to Coast View. This is a show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. And today we have a very special guest, Jim McAvell, who's the Director of Communications and Public Affairs at Angle Shipbuilding. He's actually got a very critical job. It's an important job. You're about to understand why. And uh, I told Jim this morning, he's been, at the, he's been at the shipyard for more than 40 years. He certainly doesn't look like it. Um, welcome to the Coast View and the Super Talk Gulf Coast uh, Studio, Jim. Thanks, Ricky. It's an honor to be with you. It's Enjoy great. your show a lot. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you being here. You know, like our friend, the former president of English, Jerry St. Pay, who was on the show uh, not too long ago, you're a walking shipyard or shipbuilding you know, history book, aren't you? Uh, I, that's a compliment, I think, so I will say you've yes, been, absolutely. You've, you've seen a, a lot. Time. Seen a and, lot. It, and what's interesting about your life is that it sort of parallels Jerry's in a lot of ways. Well, certainly, Jerry's had a big impact on you. Absolutely. You both started as photographers, which I found so interesting. That um, We're going to come back to all of that um, as we as we had this conversation. But first, I actually want to set the stage. Um I often talk about the bookends. You have Ingalls and Chevron on one end. You've got Stennis on the other and all that's happening in between. Um, you know, we have this incredibly diverse economy that is, that is really the envy of the rest of the state in some respects. It's certainly one of the reasons we have such a strong region of this state. And, uh, and I would say Ingalls is the star of that conversation. It's the largest employer, uh, industrial employer in the state. How many employees? Right now, about 12,000. That's incredible. How many of those in Mississippi? 80%. That's, that's unbelievable. And a lot over, some from Louisiana, I guess. And we have a few from Louisiana still, and uh, about 18, 1900 come from Mobile County. There was a time when we were like the second largest employer in, in Mobile County. Goodness gracious. So what's, what's the annual payroll of Ingalls? Annual payroll is about $170 million, uh, breaks down about $14 million a week. Goodness gracious. That's, that, <laughs> that's big. How, many, um, how much money does Ingalls spend inside the state to Mississippi businesses? We have uh, about 150 suppliers from within the state of Mississippi, and we spend right at $120 million a year Man. in Mississippi buying goods, services, so you, you, ship so, arts. So you get a feeling of why why Ingalls is so important. But it's also important in terms of its strategic importance to the, the United States. Um Roger Wicker, Senator Roger Wicker, actually wrote this week about um, why it's important. You know, what what are the strategic importance of a navy, and why we have to have the a, a a bigger number of ships. Why is that so important? Well, if you look back at the history of the country, the United States Navy is the only service spelled out in the Constitution of the United States that you will keep a standing navy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a global nation. We've been a global nation as long as the United States has existed. To be a global nation, you have to have uh, trading sea lanes. You've got to have power projection. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to be able to defend yourself offshore so that you don't have to defend yourself onshore. And that's what the Navy Marine Corps do. So this this whole issue of freedom of navigation, freedom is, of navigation. is huge. Absolutely. And, um, you know, when you look at China and Russia and even Iran, China, for example, 400 ships projected by the year 2025. 
you really get a sense of why it's important for us to ramp this up. So the Ships Act that was um, that was passed in 2017 that Roger Wicker actually presented, um, it was going to bring the current inventory of ships in America from 293 to what? 355. 355. If you look back, you'll remember that President Reagan's goal was a 600-ship Navy. Uh, it didn't get there, uh, but... But now the, uh, the, it is codified in federal law that the Navy will have 355 ships. And then he introduced the uh, Ships Implementation Act, which does what? That, that provides the budget. So there's two, there's two steps to buying ships. There's an authorizing committee in the, in the Congress and an appropriations committee in the Congress. 355 ships being law is what the authorizers say, you shall have 355 but somebody's got to pay for those. And mm-hmm. so you, you've got to establish a budget. You've got to establish which ships you're going to build to get to the 355. And that's what he had. He basically added teeth to his to his previous law. So ships, military ships are currently built in New England, Wisconsin, California, and Mississippi. And and, Alabama, and the Gulf Coast, Alabama. And it, okay. And so why is, why is stability so critical? Stability is, is important for employment. It's important for communities where our, our employees live. Um, it's important to the supplier base that, that we talked about earlier. Um, if, if you don't know, you, you have two ships coming a year or three ships or even one ship, whatever, whatever it is, you don't want to get two this year, skip four years, get two more, that sort of thing, because the learning curve of, of the shipbuilders, the, the small businesses that we buy from across the state, they can't build and buy those spare parts and have them sit in their own warehouse for two years. So you don't want high points and low exactly. points you, where you, you have. You want a pretty steady. You know, back in the seventies, uh, we we were uh, we were at about twenty five thousand employees, and, and we would go up two or three thousand and down two or three thousand in a in a three four month period. And, and that's hard on that's hard on schools. It's hard on communities. It's hard on families. Uh, so stable right now, we've been in the eleven, twelve, thirteen thousand range for the last eight or ten years. Uh, and that's just better for everybody. Is that what's projected going forward? Yes, uh, twelve, maybe thirteen, uh, d- depending on how things go. But mm-hmm. uh, eleven to twelve is is about where we'll stay. So um, we know that uh, Ingalls is critical because of the thousands of jobs that it has. We know it's critical because of the amount of money that it's been the millions of dollars to the Mississippi-based businesses. We know why it's important strategically for this country. And then, and then we have a sense that because of the leadership of Roger Wicker and others, that we're keeping the focus on making sure that we're constantly building ships and getting to that special 355 number. So the future should be bright for shipbuilding. Future, as, as, it, as we look out right now, looking out five, six, seven, ten years, the future is very bright for shipbuilding. So, okay, how in the world did you end up at Ingalls? You were born in Batesville. Born in Batesville, grew up in Batesville, uh, went to Ole Miss. Uh, actually, was at Ole Miss. We were a couple of years apart with Senator Wicker and, mm-hmm. and a cousin of his that, that also ended up in, in the journalism business. Um, Dad uh, had been a, a radio broadcaster, a Western Auto uh, employee, he was in the National Guard, actually was involved in the, uh, the group of federalized National Guardsmen when James Meredith was going to Ole Miss. He was in, in the Jeeps going from Batesville over there for that. Uh, let's, let's, yeah. Real quick, yeah. um, this is one of those intersection points with Jerry in a way. So Jerry was, was, uh, was raised in the Ninth Ward of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. 
He worked uh, for a local newspaper, the predecessor for the Times-Picayune, eventually made his way over to the predecessor to the Mississippi Press. He worked for two guys, Easton King and Ira Harkey. Ira Harkey was uh, ultimately actually won a Pulitzer Prize for writing about the James Meredith situation. And, J- and Jerry was actually there at that time working at the, at the newspaper. So kind of amazing that your dad was actually on the ground on in Oxford Absolutely. during that time. So c- continue on. Um, yeah, the one thing he taught me early in life was working. I worked with him at, at, uh, at the Western Auto Store. I delivered newspapers. You came out of the newspaper business. Yeah. My, my first paying job was delivering newspapers for the, uh, the Commercial Appeal out of Memphis. Uh, started working with the local weekly newspaper in, in high school. Did some sports reporting and photography. Uh, broadca- did some uh, sports broadcasting for, for South Panola, the, the University of South Panola, mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school and in college, and uh, went, went to college to go be a lawyer, and uh, you know, was, was going out of the, the journalism business, but as you've said about your career, sometimes your career makes decisions for you, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of mine who's actually still in the newspaper business in, in uh, Hattiesburg, Buster Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, called me one day, has had a photographer sick. Ole Miss had a basketball game against Tennessee. He said, hey, you mind coming to shoot it? Ole Miss was terrible in basketball in those days. They're pretty good now. But I said, sure, I'll go, I'll go shoot you a few pictures. Well, it turned out to be the night that Ole Miss decided to upset third-ranked Tennessee, and suddenly every newspaper in Mississippi and Tennessee wanted pictures from the only guy, basically, that was walking around there with a camera that night. Wow. So uh, fell in love with it. Uh, you were told along the way that you're not going to be able to make a living as a photographer. I, I did indeed. Uh, one, one of the great men in, in my life, a guy named Ed Meek, who, who ran the PR department at that time, um, there was a, I, when, I, when I graduated from Ole Miss, started law school, figured out that uh, my, my life's dream was not going to be my life. And so I went back, and, and, and I had been a political science graduate. So uh, Ed said, well, you're going to have to get something that says journalism attached to your degree in order to get a job. So I went back and took a bunch of journalism classes. Now, during that time, I was working for AP and declaring ledger in the Memphis papers and all. And I had a, a professor who taught me as much about what not to do as what to do, a guy named Gail Denley. He's a, he's a legend in Ole Miss journalism. Uh, first couple of assignments, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, you're never going to make a living at photography. You better go back to law school. Mm-hmm. Well... Fortunately, I was able you didn't to listen prove him to wrong. Him. <laughs> I didn't listen, exactly. Like you said, there are these moments in our lives. Um, after the break, we'll come back and just continue this conversation. But, you know, you're right. We talked about this offline. It's been basically part of the theme for every conversation I've had, that, that people have these moments in their lives. And the question is, are you ready for your moment when it occurs? And they, they take that turn. And they, you know, it changes the trajectory of their lives. It might be a conversation. It might be just an event. Who knows what that's going to be? You had that. That actually, that moment in your life changed everything. Changed everything. So we'll come back after after this break. We've got uh, the um, the head of HR. Excuse me, not HR. Public affairs and communications, and he does a lot of different things. But we'll be back with Jim McIlvain after this after this uh, after this uh, break. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View. I've got Jim McInvale, who's the Director of Communications and Public Affairs for Ingalls Shipbuilding. 
We had a great conversation to start our conversation about why Ingalls is so strategically important to the coast and to the nation. And then we sort of began his life's journey, uh, started in Batesville, actually started in law school, and uh, was introduced to journalism and photography, and uh, that sort of changed his life. So that's kind of where we were when we left it off. So Jim, pick it up from there. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, in, in between those two, actually, I got married in the summer of 1976, and, and I, have to, I have to give a lot of thanks and, and props, as they say, to my wife, Nancy, who married a lawyer to be in August of 76, and by January of 77, she was married to a guy who was about to be a photographer somewhere. <laughs> so she had a lot of patience, still has a lot of patience, but uh, I would not be without where I am without her standing behind me when I had to make that kind of shift in, in a career path. So you get to the end of that semester, and now I've got my journalism degree to go with my political science degree, and so now you got to find a job. She'd been teaching school for that that entire uh, year, and so I had had a, a job offer at a newspaper in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, could have gone to work at the Clarion Ledger where I had been stranded. Asheville's a beautiful place. Beautiful place, absolutely. But it's not Mississippi. It's a long way from Mississippi. <laughs> And I uh, had an interview at, uh, at Ingalls Shipbuilding in Pascagoula. They had, had a, a fellow that had been a photographer there for 25 or 30 years and was tiring. Uh, I honestly had never been to the Mississippi Gulf Coast until I came down to Pascagoula to interview wow. for that job. Stayed in the old LaFont Inn. Uh, Ron Elias, a legend at the Sun-Herald. Of course. Still, they still run his pictures around, around uh, of course. Camille time. Um, had the interview. Uh they saw something, and I've, I've said this to Jerry, and I've said it about Jerry more than once. St. Pay saw something in me that I didn't see myself. They hired me. Uh, I was a photographer for a couple of years. Uh, he started me writing for the Ingalls News, became the editor of the Ingalls News. I'd go with him to when he made speeches, and then I eventually would make some speeches when he couldn't make it, and that sort of thing. And as they say, the rest is history. Mm. Been there 43 years. Yeah, Roland. Roland was that to me. He was he was my Jerry. Roland Weeks, the former publisher of the Sun Herald, and there's just something about men like that who pluck us out of the population and begin to give us the special attention and give us their wisdom. It had to have been amazing to have the opportunity to be mentored by Jerry St. Pay. It was incredible, and, and I have to also say, not just in in work. Uh, a lot of people know St. Pay from work. Uh, when you're around him as closely as we were over the years, uh, you, you see how he treats his kids. I mean, he he handwritten notes to his kids all the time, and and you see a good dad who's also working very hard. Uh, Jerry's written notes to my daughter Brooke over the years at at important times in her life, and and you you learn not just work skills but life skills from people mm. like that. He's, you really he's do. An amazing individual. When I was uh, when I was publisher of the Sun Herald, um, I heard from Jerry pretty regularly. Um, it could be a story or maybe something we did in the community, but it was it was it was always constructive and complimentary and aspirational. He was so positive yes. in the way that he dealt, and even <clears throat> even now, I'll have a show and he'll send me a note. Listen to this morning's show; it was, it was terrific. Absolutely, that's just in his DNA, isn't it? It is absolutely in his DNA. I don't I don't know. You know, they make the energizer energizer bunny, but he's he's got more strength than that. So tell me about you know so you so you joined um, you joined the shipyard. You actually were there during some really critical moments uh, in the shipyard. Like for example, Jerry and I talked in great detail about the public-private partnership between Ingalls 
and the state of Mississippi and how it was literally the template for how a public-private partnership ought to work. It, it carries on even carries on through today. today. Talk a little bit about that, Jim. So, you know, Ingalls is in Pascagoula because of a public-private partnership. Ingalls was, a, was an Alabama family. Um, the state government created something in the, in the mid-30s called BAWI, the Balanced Agriculture with Industries Act. <coughs> Ingalls was the first industrial sutor, uh, for lack of a better word, Mississippi went and got Alabama uh, company to come to Mississippi, built a shipyard on the east bank of the, of the river, uh, rented it to Ingalls. Fast forward, they built every, uh, built first all-welded ship in the, in the, in the world, uh, built some ships in World War II, Korea. Uh, 1961, Litton Industries buys this family out and – is at this point they're still on the West Bank, correct? No, still on the East Bank. Still, excuse me, still on the East still Bank. The West East Bank, Bank came with okay. Came right. came in the mid '60s when you know ships were getting mm-hmm. bigger. Uh, there was there was the the Cold War sort of sort of build up. The, the, there were a couple of contracts. One was for thirty ship, thirty destroyers, the L. Spruance class, and Lytton needed a bigger facility. The East Bank just was not laid out to build that many ships at one time. Uh, New Jersey tried to get Ingalls to move, tried to get Lytton to move Ingalls there. Florida tried to, and the legislature and the governor of Mississippi said, no, this is our shipyard, and, and came in and literally built the first new shipyard built in, in the United States since World War II on the west bank, west bank of, the, yeah. of the shipyard, uh, the west bank of the river, and uh, $144 million later, blowing and going. Like I said, they got to, got to uh, 25,000 employees by the late 70s. Built the Spruances, built uh, large deck amphibs, built the Ticonderoga cruisers and the Arleigh Burke destroyers that we're still building today, and uh, and and that partnership has continued. It's it's the most amazing thing to watch from the inside and and to hear people talk about it from the outside. We we actually sit on a piece of state-owned property, so when the state invests money in there, they're not just investing money in a private company. They're investing in a state-owned piece of property, and they've done it several times. We're in the process right now of finishing what Jerry calls Shipyard of the Future, too. Uh, we're spending about $600 million just in modernizing the yard. Now, keep in mind, it was only $144 million to build it. Mm-hmm. We're spending over $600 million of which the state of Mississippi put in $200 million as an incentive to, to, to get that additional investment. And it sets the shipyard for, for the next generation of shipbuilders. Wow. So the shipyard now is operating on both sides of the, of the river of the these river. days. Right. And the, the, the East Bank, what's the status of the East Bank it, these East days? Bank was, was completely <clears throat> basically obliterated in, mm-hmm. in Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sat fallow for, for several years as we rebuilt the West Bank, got back to building, and, and then it was a storage area and a couple of warehouses and that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing that the, the company has, has made the investment, we're spending about $150 million on the East Bank and bringing it back to production work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to build some smaller sections of ship, and then we'll barge those to the, to the West Bank to, to assemble them. But it, it brings life back into the original East Bank yard, which is cool. So you were telling me offline your your job has um, just evolved over many years. Um, so specifically, what are you responsible for today? So today I'm responsible, of course, for the communications part, uh, internal uh, and and regional. Uh, the the corporation uh, HII handles the media, which is okay with me. Mm-hmm. I had enough time to spend on the media. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also have the, the community affairs organization, that, you know, dealing with the local schools, the local charities, uh, employee groups and things like that. You know Dorothy Shaw, legend. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, she she mm-hmm. runs all of that for me mm-hmm. and does the, the best job of anybody in the state of Mississippi of mm-hmm. just keeping, as you mentioned earlier, the name of Ingalls out in the community, not mm-hmm. just in the business community, right. but the community at large. And I also have the, the state and local government relations piece. As I said, we're, we sit on a piece of state property, so state government's important to us. Uh, so we spend a lot of time uh, you know, making sure that legislators from around the state know what, what the state has in that shipyard and how it affects not just the coastal economy, but the, coast, the economy of the entire state. So you, you, and while that's your direct responsibility that you just mentioned, you also have congressional communications that are taking place on a regular basis absolutely absolutely so what i was saying to um to you during the break is that uh the importance of of ingles to the coast community the coastal region is is cannot be overstated and any political leader whether they're you know local city councilman or whether they're you know a senator or whether the governor of the state which we'll come back to Mm -hmm. to phil bryan and the work that he did um they, they should watch the video uh, uh, conversation I had with Jerry St. Page. They should watch this one so they can really begin to gain in you know, their own elevator speech about why Ingalls is so critical because they all should know. They should all understand it. And uh, you've done a really good job of kind of nailing that down. Um, so uh, it's been 40 years. You know, we're gonna, what we're going to do in the next segment is uh, you've, you've made some <clears throat> interesting trips along the way. Mm-hmm. There was a, a particular picture – uh, that you took in Jerry's book with uh, the Prime Minister of Israel, Rabin. And uh, I want to talk about that and sure. what you learned during those days. <clears throat> you also uh, had the opportunity to spend time with Nancy Reagan. There's probably others that you have as well. <clears throat> and usually these are through you know, banging a, a bottle of champagne right. against a keel, right? Right. You've seen how many of those have you seen over the years? Over a hundred. Wow. Over a hundred. I, I, it's getting close to time to 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 narrow that number down a little bit. But I know it's over a hundred. <laughs> uh, boy, that's a lot of history, isn't it? It is indeed. So what we're going to do after this break <clears throat> break is we're going to continue the conversation about Ingalls' significance today, the kind of things that are going on today, and then uh, Jim's got some great stories to tell about his travels with with Governor Bryant and uh, and then some of the things that have actually occurred, as I mentioned, uh, during some of the celebrations of, of uh, launching ships here at Ingalls, and we'll come back and get to that as well. Um, so uh, we have Jim McInvale. For whatever reason, I want to say McInvale, but McInvale. Hard, hard name. And I've known you forever, and I still mess that up. Director of Communications and Public Affairs at Ingalls. We'll be back after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jim McInvale with me today, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs for Ingle Shipbuilding. And we've had a great conversation about uh, the strategic importance, not only locally but nationally, of um, Ingalls and his sort of his life story from Batesville to Ingalls. And uh, we were actually, at, as we were finishing up, we were talking about 
Ingalls of today, and he's going to continue this conversation. Then we've got some really cool things to tell you about, you know, trips he took along the way and the kind of work that he did to bring attention to Ingalls. So what 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 else about the Ingalls of today do you want to talk about, Jim? So living in Mississippi, you know this. The Navy we talked about is is constitutionally mandated, and and it's very cool to be in, involved with Navy stuff. Ingalls Shipbuilding built seventy percent of the surface warships that are out protecting our nation and the sea lanes around the world. So, what does that mean to everyday Mississippian? Well, when you turn on the TV at night and you see two destroyers firing missiles into Syria, or you see. Uh, uh, snipers taking out uh, terrorists that have hijacked a, a cargo vessel. You, the workers of Ingalls, trust me, know this. They can look at that TV video and say, we built that, or I welded on that ship, or I was an electrician, I built that LHA. And, and the sense of pride that, that goes from those employees mm-hmm. to their families, to the community, to the state at large, and, and to the nation, is it, it's the kind of thing you, you, you can't, you can't quantify, but you know it's there. Um, mm-hmm. Ingalls has, has obviously been a, a, an amazing part of my life, but it's an amazing part of the history of the state of Mississippi as well. It really is. We've been lucky in that we've had great governor leadership throughout a long history. Um, if you think, I think about uh, Governor Mabus, who went on to be the Secretary of Navy, and Haley Barber. After Hurricane Katrina, we got to watch him on a mission because he realized that we had to get the casinos back open again. We had to get Ingalls back open again. We had to get Chevron moving. We had there, he, he Simultaneously, he was working on a number of fronts to get the economy of Mississippi going again. He was really important, and the decisions he made were really important to Ingalls getting back on their feet quickly, wasn't he? Absolutely. Uh both for our employees and for the company. He, Haley came to the shipyard up three, four weeks after Katrina, not to not with TV cameras, not to show off what he was doing. It was he, he had one question: What do y'all need? Mm-hmm. What, what does Ingalls need to go back to making that fourteen million dollar a week payroll? Mm-hmm. Because you know there was a couple of weeks there we were completely shut down. That's twenty eight, thirty million dollars that's not going into the local economy. What we needed, because we had had employees leave the state and leave the region after Katrina, a lot came back, a lot didn't. We needed a place to train a lot of people very quickly. He and and Senator Cochran, uh, you know, the same same way Senator Lott, every all the all the leaders in Mississippi said, you know, we got to get this package together, and they got it right, and it included a lot of money for workforce training. Uh, we have now sitting out in front of the shipyard our showcase building. It's called the Haley Reeves Barber Maritime Training Academy. Ooh. That was built with with federal Katrina funds to help Ingalls get people back into the shipbuilding business and get them back to work as quickly as possible. That's that's incredible. Um, he was so focused on the Katrina recovery effort. By the time uh, Phil Bryant came into his position. He was able to begin to say, okay, what do we what do we do to kind of button up what's left from Katrina? But what additionally do we need to do around the world to make sure that that clients and, and customers and others 
are aware of what Mississippi has to offer. Absolutely. You've got a great story to tell Absolutely. about your, your work with Phil Bryant in that arena. Tell about that. And, and that actually even starts with Haley because Phil was lieutenant governor for, the, for those eight years and, and saw what it took. So, so Haley's concentrated on getting Mississippi back to as close to normal as you can call it. Mm-hmm. Phil's challenge when he came in was, was to rebuild the reputation of the state inside and outside and, and bring work in, bring more jobs in. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just keep the jobs, but bring jobs in, uh, and and he he did that both in the United States and around the world. Um, as he used to say, he, he liked being able to go to other countries and say that he had somebody from his largest employer with him. So I made a, a lot of those trips with him. I, I went to Israel several times, Japan, South Korea. I saw where they build Hyundai and Kia cars and and that sort of thing, and and. Everywhere we went, he was being a salesman and ambassador for the state of Mississippi. So you, when you because it was because it was the governor of the state of Mississippi, and because of this important strategic partner in Ingalls, when you went to Israel, you literally met with um, Netanyahu. We literally had met with in a large group, and then had had a private conversation, having coffee with with Prime Minister Netanyahu. Tell tell us about that. So the the first time we went, um, and, and 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 there was I have to tell you there was an Ingalls piece to all of this too because at the time we weren't sure where the U.S. Navy was going and so we were looking at some international shipbuilding. We had built ships for Israel in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's when we met met Minister Rabin. So in in the conversation with Israel it was it was uh, it was about additional ships for us but it was also letting letting the Prime Minister and his team know that there was a state in the United States that had had a great love and interest in Israel um, and and so we, we spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I took him, for example, I took him a christening program from one of the SAR five Corvette christenings, and he's and he's reading it, and 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 he gets sort of this melancholy look on his face, and mm-hmm. and, and he he looks up and he said he said thank you for this. He said uh, General Rom, who I see his picture here, and in, in, in this it was the principal speaker at the christening, was his brother's first commanding officer in the Israeli army. Wow. Netanyahu's brother was the only casualty at the raid on Entebbe. So, I mean, there, there's this connection that just sort of goes from place to place to place. And, and Man, what a special conversation. Absolutely. I mean, you never forget those. You never do. And, and when you see Phil in that environment, tell, tell me about it. How, how is he? he he's magical. Uh, I mean, he, he can sit and have a conversation with, with, with anybody. I mean, we... We went to Saudi Arabia and had a conversation with a defense minister, the commerce minister. He took Mary Graham with him from Gulf Coast Community College on that Saudi Arabia trip. And we're sitting in a room with the prime minister, the minister of education, the minister of training, and those kind of people. That's sort of an audience that you just don't mm-hmm. put together by accident. So let's put this in perspective, sure. though. You mentioned Mary Graham, and this came up in my conversation with Dickie Scruggs as well. But most people don't realize that Mississippi has one of the strongest community college systems Absolutely. in the United States. Absolutely. And the, the role that the community college system is playing in the state of Mississippi around skills training is strategically critical to Ingalls. Absolutely it is. So this opportunity to, ha- to be able to demonstrate commitment at all levels, at all levels. Uh, that's smart he, he that he did a, that. He took a team. Uh, he took the Airbus folks from North Mississippi. He took people from all uh, businesses from all over the state to say, "These are these are the successful businesses in my state. We're here to see what we can do to help you." 
on the on the community college piece i have seen the community college obviously for 40 years building shipbuilders for us uh five years ago i had what i consider one of the great honors of my career the jackson county board of supervisor put me on mary graham's board at gulf coast community college Mm -hmm. so now i get to see it inside too and not just at ingles and you're right not just Gulf Coast, which obviously mm-hmm. I'm, I'm prouder of than most of the others, but the community college system in Mississippi is the best I know of in, in, the, in the country, in the world. And none of us in the industry could, could, could do what we do without knowing that we had the community colleges building the workers we need. As you know, I spent time in uh, Alabama and Louisiana and, and Georgia, for a matter of fact, um, but I've never seen anything like what we have here. It's just it, it is literally a gem. And as we discussed in my conversation with Dickie Scruggs, it's not important for everyone to go get a degree. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, it's, it's a better route, route for some to go in the direction of skills training because there's so many incredible jobs Absolutely. that pay extremely well. With no college debt. With, with no college debt. And we have a community college system that, that literally you know, helps that, that process forward. Absolutely. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. So what, are, what other trips did you take along the way? Uh, with Phil Bryant. Japan a couple of times. Uh, like I said, South Korea three times. Went to shipyards in South Korea, too. They, they're a big shipbuilding uh, company, country. Uh, Canada, uh, all over the U.S. to different sorts of events. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, Israel was sort of, for me, the, the crowning gem, having, having been on ships that, that we built for Israel and having met with leaders during those days to say i had been there was well people i think some people think of a a political figure you know traveling around the world they they in their mind they might think about junkets and they're going to go play golf and whatever these don't sound like that sir we uh (laughs) they they may be with some people but not with phil bryant you know he's a former deputy sheriff and he has that that mentality we were up early working and 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 hitting it all day to uh, we, we'd, we'd spend a day, for example, in Busan, South Korea. We hit, we hit the Kia plant. We hit the, the Hyundai plant. We hit three shipyards. and Very regimented. Very regimented. Focused on return. Return for, on investment. <laughs> for, for sure. You got it. You got return it. on Mississippi. On Mississippi. That's right. <laughs> Uh, wow, what a what a great part of the story. I mean, it really does take a lot of levels working together, you know, to make a, a shipyard tick, doesn't and it? Mississippi does it better than anybody else. Man, what, that is so cool to hear that part of the story. Hey, so when we come back, we're going to talk about interesting times. Like, you know, what do you call it? Kill laying? What kill do you laying. Call? Yeah. Kill layings, christenings. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some of those moments, uh, and in particular the Rabin story that you want to tell, and in, actually the story the picture that you took of Nancy Reagan mm-hmm. and and uh, Jerry St. Page's book. But we'll be back right after this break. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. I have Jim McInvale, who is the uh, Director of Communication and Public Affairs from English Shipbuilding. We've done a tour of duty, haven't we, Jim? We haven't From the beginning and the importance of, of Ingalls and all of that. But you know, let's tell tell some of the interesting stories that that you've come across uh, in your in your role. Sure. Yeah. Well, one of you mentioned Nancy Reagan uh, during their first uh, first campaign. 
she actually spent the day on the Gulf Coast, and, and I got assigned. Uh, Jerry sent me to go be the photographer, and so around around town, and then took her through the shipyard, and just meeting a lady with that kind of style and grace, uh, she hmm. she talked to she talked to welders like they were her neighbors, and and, and just just class people, uh, you know, the, all the political officials, you know, being around Stennis and, and Eastland, and, and so come back and come back to Nancy Reagan yeah, for a second. Yeah. You, the, what I held up a second ago was a picture that you yeah. took this in Jerry's book, but you said she's a tough lady. Tell about that. She is a tough lady, and during, when we were walking through the fabrication <clears> shop, and this was back during the campaign. Uh, she was talking to a, a lady uh, who I think was a welder and, and was so into that conversation that she was not really walking, watching where she was going. And, and she kicked a, a, a steel beam and, and actually uh, brought a little blood in her, in her right ankle. The amazing part was she never changed facial expressions. She never slowed down. She finished that conversation and got to the end of the row where she was talking to people. Wow. And then got back in the car and said, okay, somebody help me with my ankle. <laughs> Just the strength yeah. that it takes to be that kind of a person. She, she, was, she was an amazing, amazing person to be around. And then the prime minister. Tell about that. Prime minister, uh, you know, as I mentioned, he, his, uh, Mr. Rabin was for Ed Engels for the steel uh, start of fabrication and keel laying for the first Israeli Corvette in, in what had to be 91 time frame. And, and you've been around a lot of leaders. I've been around a lot of leaders. There are those that you, that you meet that you just know they're special. Uh, Minister Rabin was, was one of those. And I told, I told Prime Minister Netanyahu that, that I had met him, and, that, uh, and he, he basically said, yes, I, I wish I could be like that myself. I mean, and he, he's the prime minister. Right. But uh, there, there are strong leaders in this country, and, and frankly, I put Jerry St. Pay in that group. He, he's been a leader in Mississippi and uh, in Litton Industries back in the day, and, and you just you meet certain people, and you know, even before they are special, you know they are going to be special. I, I met Phil Bryant when he was in the legislature, and then he you know, gets appointed state auditor by Governor Fordyce, and then he's lieutenant governor. He was one of those guys you just know is going to be special. You don't know how, you don't know when, what's going to cause it. Haley Barber the same way with Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just know that there are people that are born to be leaders, and they get their moment. And and Phil's Phil's ultimate claim to fame is his ability to communicate with anyone, anyone, and and treats them all the same way. What a special! They're all special. I, you know, he, you know, he. When I was publisher of the Sun Herald, we, we visited an awful lot, and he'd come in with his cowboy boots on, and his blue jeans, and and he's just happy to be alive, and Absolutely. and focused on whatever it is he's focused on, and great about communicating that, and. He makes you want to help him. He know? does. He absolutely does. So, were there others along the way that, like you mentioned, Stennis, John Stennis? My John goodness, John Stennis uh, yeah. it, it was in the shipyards, you know, often. Obviously, in my early in my early <clears throat> career, uh, he was involved in a project. When, when I came to the yard, uh, we were actually building four ships similar to the Spruance class for the uh, Iranian Navy back during the days of the Shah. Mm-hmm. Well, that went bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, what do you do with four ships partially under construction? And it was sort of interesting watching the the political dynamics of, of the same people in Congress who said those ships are too advanced to be giving to the Iranian Navy or selling to the Iranian Navy. When 
it was time to fund them and put them into the U.S. Navy, you said, "Oh, well, those are those those are obsolete. They're they're, <laughs> they're they're not they're not they're not powerful enough to be in the Navy." Stennis and, and, and Eastland made that happen. And Trent Light, uh, it was interesting because Trent Light lived in the county. He did, and he was always lived on the beach, always committed. He he was, and 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 brought people just just like Phil did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. Uh, Trent brought Dick Cheney when his wife sponsored a ship at Ingalls. He brought James Baker when his wife sponsored a ship at Ingalls. He, he Dan Quayle, mm-hmm. uh, his wife. You know, you look at the who's who in American politics. They have sat on the front porch of Trent Lott's house on Beach Boulevard in Pascagoula. No and it, and then Gene Taylor. Gene Taylor was always a big proponent. Big proponent. Uh, had had been in the uh, in the Coast Guard and and, and knew what that took and and uh, looked after us. So you know, a, a shipyard the size of Ingalls, you know, we're we're I want not we're agnostic in, in politics. You know, we're for our friends, and what letter they have after their name doesn't doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. The same has been true for those leaders over the years. We've had great leadership, you know, in in Washington in both parties, some in mm-hmm. some in power, some not in power, but they've all looked out. Or Mississippi Shipyard. Well, we're coming to the end of our time together, Jim, but uh, I don't remember an editorial board with either Jim, excuse me, with either Trent or Gene Taylor, where they didn't start the conversation with a discussion about the military Absolutely. and Ingalls. Absolutely. They, man, it was so important to them. And uh, so anyway, it's been a great visit. Absolutely. Uh, I can't tell you how you, much sir. I appreciate you taking the time. I, I And I hope that people pay close attention because this is a great important lesson about Ingalls and and why we're so lucky to have it. Uh, so this has been Jim McInvale who is the uh, Director of Communication and Public Affairs for Ingalls Shipbuilding and uh, can't, you know look forward to next time Jim. Yes sir. Thank you. Enjoyed okay. it very much. You bet. Buddy. Appreciate you. Take care. You uh-huh. too. Mississippi Media Production.